All right, and welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And uh, this episode, we're going to try something a little different with our format. Uh, We're going to start with a deep dive where where we're going to explore a big life topic that both of us have been thinking a lot about recently. And then we'll finish with our usual rapid fire quick picks where we share the top three things we've each been recommending or obsessing over during the past month. But before we get into all that, Gabe, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing all right. Yeah, you've been... uh, you guys have been pretty busy with uh, the Burning Man prep, right? Yeah, yeah, that's basically... I've just, like, given up that that's going to be the story of my, like, July and August. It's just, <laughs> yeah. what did I do with those months? Oh, I worked and I got ready for Burning Man. That's just... Yeah. Just have to give in to that. Yeah, just to, just to give the listeners a little back background... Um, me and Gabe have been going to Burning Man together for this will be this would have been the fifth year, right? Yeah, uh, for a little t- a little while now. And this year is the first year that we decided to start our own theme camp, and we created a theme camp called uh, Pour Your Heart Out, and it's a tea house centered around emotional vulnerability, um, which yeah, which is going to be really cool. Um, I may not be able to make it, Jamin. After after helping to craft this entire concept, <laughs> has ditched us. Um, so now we are, we are forging ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, maybe I'll, I'll be able to make a surprise appearance. <laughs> a surprise cameo. You'll have no. to forge on ahead without me <laughs> bravely. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of fun. Like, like, as you know, so like, you know, the last four years that we went, we, we've tried to give like little gifts. Like we love the gifting culture of Burning Man, but, but I'd say most of our experience has been enjoying other people's gifts. Yeah. And so like, yeah, totally. You know, we've been, it's like a lot of work right now, but it feels really good to be, to be a little more giving back to the Burning Man community after like all the years that sort of it's given to us. It's time to give back. Yep. Just doing our yeah. best. It should be really cool. Awesome. Yeah, what's uh, what's the latest with you? Any, any big yeah. updates? So, um, yeah, since we last talked, um, I had given a little update on how I was forging bravely into back into the world of online dating and how I found it really frustrating. Um, and that's that's taken up like a good portion of my last like month and a half or so. <laughs> and uh, I've been doing a lot of online dating, been going on a lot of first dates. Um and it's been an awesome experience. It started out really like frustrating and annoying. And I was like, I hate this. I don't like texting, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I don't know, just after like a few weeks of it, once I kind of got through the the suck a little bit, um, I started to like enjoy it. I started to like find my voice like in, in texting and messaging, um, started meeting like a lot of cool people. Um, and yeah, after going on like a bunch of, of first dates, it was like, I got like a much better idea of like the kind of people I wanted to meet with and then started filtering more for that and yeah. And just meeting cooler people. So it's been awesome. And I've met, I've, I've had some really awkward dates and I've, I've also had some really awesome ones and, uh, and yeah. And some, some connections that I'm excited to continue to explore. So, um, yeah, I think we can call that uh mission Tinder success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think declare victory and Tinder on is, is yeah. the appropriate response. Bravely Tinder on. Bravely. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Awesome. On, on 
very glad to hear that. If you, if you want to learn more about Jamin's Tinder online dating, you can check out our future spinoff podcast <laughs> on Jamin's online dating life. It hasn't launched yet, but surely it's starting yeah. in the next few months. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have many spinoffs. Yeah. So get ready for that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, all right. Let's get right into today's deep dive. This month, our topic is going to be... Drum roll, please. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Embracing the lows in life. Um, this is a topic that uh, both me and Gabe feel really passionate about. And uh, yeah, we're excited to, to kind of talk about this in depth um, with you guys. And um, to kick things off, like uh, I actually wrote a post to our online community and I, I asked this question. When was a time a shitty low in life turned out to be exactly what you needed? And we got a ton of great replies, um, yeah. a lot of awesome, vulnerable stories. Um, a lot were related to breakups, um, death, loneliness, professional challenges, just the whole gamut of responses. And uh, yeah, and I, I thought we could share a few. Um, one of the responses, uh, which is very short and to the point, um, uh, she wrote, divorce, cancer, getting fired, best learnings ever. <laughs> and uh, and this comes from probably one of the most successful businesswomen I know, and she has an amazing um, husband and, and family and child right now. Um, so clearly, those things must have really worked out well for her. <laughs> yeah, man, that was a that was a powerful one. Another one I really liked um, from someone that posted. I'm going to quote it. Said series of tough lows. Sister moved to France. Parents divorce. Breakup after five year relationship. Had to put down my dog. Opened the way for me to travel to France, Spain, Australia, and I moved to Denver, which also includes some lows, aka growth opportunities. But I'm settling in, and now I'm a matchmaker, which I love because I can connect with and impact people, and it allows me to write. Um, yeah, that's a lot, a lot stacked up at yeah. once. Um, wow, but, but that's, yeah, really, that's pretty amazing cool. story. Yeah, um, and we got a, we got another response um, uh, from Ali Lapidus uh, that. I really liked, so um, you know, I so I decided to actually give her a call and reach out to her. Hey, Allie, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. And I asked her if she would want to share her story on our podcast. Okay. Well, I was brought to my knees in my freelance career um, as a makeup artist, and I was forced to take a retail makeup job um, that I honestly had resisted for many years. Um, it hurt a lot. And it took a lot of releasing, but that job ended up being exactly the thing that I needed to develop me for the career that I really, really want, which is helping and coaching people. Um, it showed me who I really am as a person. It gave me endless opportunities to connect with people um, and to be in service. And, and mostly it led me to feeling more genuinely successful um, in this, I felt honestly more genuinely successful in this job that other people considered smaller um, in both pay and in social status than I ever had in any of my other more statusy outward achievement jobs. That's awesome, and and yeah, and like what what are your views on on lows or low experiences like this in general? I really think that lows are prescribed to us. I think that we go through them on purpose. Um, in my experience, it is always the low, always, always, always the part where we feel knocked down, no matter how endless it feels or exhausting it is or confusing or painful. 
it's those lows that show us who we really are and that prepare us to be better um, and to be more aligned with where we're meant to go and to have bigger peaks in the future. Um, it's really hard to be grateful for a low while you're in the low because it's, it is honestly designed to suck. It is designed to be painful. Um, but I always tell people and I always remind myself that when you're in a low, it's a sign of growth and it's just a challenge or a hurdle to make you um, see who you really are and to mold you into who you're meant to become to take you where you're meant to go in life. Thanks again to Allie for, for reaching out and, and sharing her story. And yeah, and I think that's a great kickoff for our discussion. Um, she hits on a point that I really strongly believe, which is that lows are so important to growth. Um, I, I, I actually feel like they're, they're the most important thing for growth. Um, Lows always suck <laughs> when they're happening. Like I would never wish them upon myself or, or, you know, or my enemy, like for fun. But when I look back, the lows in my life have always, always helped like push me to new levels of growth, new levels of understanding, um, force me to get out of comfort zones and to kind of, to drop you know, beliefs or, or ideas I, I was holding that weren't actually helpful to me. Um, and, and I'm super grateful yeah. to Lowe's for this. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you and I have, have a, have a very similar view on that. I imagine a lot of people out there also sort of have a similar take when they sort of like look back sort of on the, the ups and downs of their life. I'm curious, like, what do you think it is about Lowe's that make them like such a powerful growth catalyst in your opinion? Oh man. You know, the main thing I think is that lows are a way of, <laughs> of forcing us to, to actually do something different. You know, yeah. we're humans, we're stubborn, man. Like we have our, our set ways of doing things. We have our set ways of looking at the world. We have our set beliefs and our ideas about ourselves. And we don't really like to change those for anything. And <laughs> I feel like Lows often will like come in or like a, you know, a really hard time, a, a really difficult struggle. And, and they, they force us to, um, to start doing something different. Um, and honestly, a lot of times I think we go through a lot of heavy lows, um, due to, due to living life in, in ways that maybe aren't actually like aligned with like what we authentically really want and, 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 you know, like, and is best for us. Um, I think something that's interesting, you know, we, we had a lot of responses to the post, um, talk about like, uh, switching jobs and, and things like mm -hmm. that. And, and it just reminds me like it, I, that I think a lot of times like our dreams and what we're going for in life are often like ideas that culture has kind of put upon us. Like, Oh, you, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, you're going to be super happy. Uh, for me, it was, Oh, if I make it as a feature film director, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that'll be the dream. I'll be happy. You yeah. know? Um, looking back now, that would have been horrible for me. I hate multitasking. I hate high pressure situations. Yeah. I hate, uh, like, you know, I love to take my slow ass time with things and hit undo and delete, which you can't do when you're on a set and have a crazy budget. And, but at the time when I was, you know, in my early twenties, like my entire life, I was pushing to like go in that direction and life got harder and harder. The more I pushed that way until it forced me to, to actually let go because it was getting harder because it wasn't actually a good fit for me. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Would you, I think you chimed in on, on your post as well with a story of your own. Like, would you be down to share that, share that now? Yeah, totally. Um, 
so man, I've had I've had a lot of epic yeah. great lows in my life. Ah. Wonderful lows. <laughs> um, but the one that, that came to my mind and is a more recent, like pretty big low, uh, was about, uh, like two and a half years ago or so. Um, it was after I came back from living in Kauai and, um, and I was struggling with hypothyroidism at the time, which is when your thyroid gland runs super low. So you're just like really tired and depressed and, um, yeah, just cold all the time. Every, your whole system slows down. And it got so bad that I basically came back home and um, I was pretty much kind of like bedridden at my parents' house for like six months. And I think you probably remember this time a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, I remember being so tired and depressed that like I couldn't even respond to text messages. Like I remember at the time that felt like the most overwhelming thing in the world. Um, and you know, much less, you know, hang out with people or have a social life or, you know, um, have a relationship or anything like all those things were just not even in my realm of possibility. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really crazy six months. Like I, I was just super isolated and in a way, like I kind of felt like it ended up being like this mandatory, like spiritual retreat. Like I ended Mm. up, I felt like a monk living on a mountaintop somewhere. Like I was just like in, in Walnut Creek. Yeah, in Walnut Creek. Because <laughs> in, in my room, just like meditating. Um, I took a lot of slow, long walks um, and was just living like a very like simple, stripped down life. Um, and at the time, it was really hard. You know, like I, I had no idea. I was trying to see doctors. They had no idea what was going on. So I was like, oh, I might be like this forever. <laughs> like, um, but, uh, I don't know, like looking back, like that was the time that actually like my spiritual and like my inward journey, like really accelerated. Um, mm. and I found myself like, yeah, just finding like a really deep peace, like in the simplicity of life. Um, I became like really, really aware of like how my biochemistry and my thoughts, um, directly controlled like my happiness levels. You know, we, we always think mm. it's external events. We always think it's, you know, getting a job or getting a girlfriend or like these outside events that control our happiness and like just being in that one room like every day for like six months, like I could, I saw how much of it was actually not due to external things at all. Um, I saw like how, you know, like 90% of my suffering came from the stories I was telling myself and like, and believing. Um, and I eventually like dropped like a lot of these harmful stories. Um, and yeah, it, it ended up being a time that was actually like deeply clarifying, um, helped me connect with like something like just much deeper, than myself. Um, and maybe most importantly, like it showed me that I could find peace even when I had like everything, um, taken away from me, all the things that I thought I needed, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a super difficult experience, but looking back, like I'm so grateful, like that low was like forced upon me because it, it totally took me down just like this whole different path, um, that gave me so much. And it is like such a huge part of like who I am today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a really, it's a perfect story in that regard. And it's like, it, you know, that sort of reminds me a little bit of, I've read like a decent number of like books and like explored like a decent number of like teacher, like mindfulness teachers and, and folks in like the spiritual world. Not, not as many as you, but, but a few. And it's like, it's always struck me like every time I like listen to a podcast episode of someone or sort of read like the opening of someone's book. I, I can't think of a single exception. I feel like every like mindfulness or meditation mm-hmm. or spiritual teacher out there always opens with a, like 
their path into this journey started with like a really bad low. Oh, yeah. Like it's a lot of people struggled with like alcohol mm-hmm. or like pretty severe depression or drugs or a really painful death in the family. You know, it's always, I think like a lot of these like growth paths like that we need to go on, whether mindfulness, spirituality or any other sort of like personal growth path, like they take a lot of work. Yeah. You know, they're really like, they take a lot of work and energy. And a lot of times like we really need to be like, kick down that we like we have to have like a really strong reason to do that much yeah. personal work yeah and it's and usually a, a really shitty low will will make yeah. it will force you to do that yeah 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 um it's not just uh i would say it's not even just like spiritual or mind, mindfulness teachers like i i think like every like business book i've read every um self-growth book like Every teacher in general, I feel like always starts out like where they were doing things in a way that was causing them a lot more pain in life, which forced them to like go on this, this uncharted path. And then they ended up discovering like a better way to do things. And then we're able to teach it to people. Like, I actually honestly think like Lowe's is, is like, is like how you carve your own unique path in life and how you can actually help other people. Like, Hey, like here's another way. you can do things that's like less painful. It's, I feel like lows are actually like the path for like for teachers or, you know, in a way yeah. and, and for yeah. you to actually be of service to other people uh, and to help other people like from your own unique like vantage point. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, something I've been thinking about a lot recently in this regard is just like the extent to which do you think the extent to which like, when you're when you're in a period of your life that's like super awesome and happy like when you're in a period where like for a few months or a year or longer like you you're in a very high period where like everything's good it yeah. feels great and you have high energy like the extent to which there's always a low that comes after that like <laughs> i guess like after just like going through that rhythm enough times at least for me and, yeah. and i think you'd probably sort of talk about it similarly um yeah just the extent to which that's sort of inescapable and like i i think like something I've been working on is just like, yeah, like giving into that rhythm a little bit. I'd say like maybe two things, maybe like mm-hmm. one giving into that rhythm a little bit and just like understanding that that's just, there's just these up and down waves and that's, yeah. that's just how it goes. Um, like I remember like earlier, I talked in a previous episode about the, the um, mindfulness retreat, the meditation retreat mm-hmm. I went on at the, the Buddhist monastery uh, back in, I think it was February mm-hmm. and man, that kicked off like a few months. I was just feeling great. I was like exploring meditation more. It just like kicked off like a great, like very happy, like peaceful, like energetic period of my life. And man, just like clockwork after a few months of that, then like I lost a lot of the energy and momentum and just like went through a few months of like low period, which I feel like I'm like still in maybe like coming out of right now. Yeah. And yeah, I think like, so like sort of accepting that rhythm, but also I think like something I've been thinking more about is, is maybe wanting to try to like smooth out the peaks a little bit. Right. Like, like be a little more careful about like buying into the hype almost during right. the highs. Cause I feel myself doing this when you're in like a sort of like happy, energetic, like just really easy place in your life. You feel like, Oh, like I figured it I out. Did it. Or like, I did it. Like, I did it. Yeah. It's like you have a bunch of hype men in your head who are like, yeah, you're the yeah. shit. You're the shit. You're doing it. You figured yeah. it all out. You're never going to feel low again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So maybe like, I feel like if there's a way to like, like, quiet the hype men a little bit you can still (laughs) it's a good like good analogy you can sort of like still enjoy the high but not like maybe build it up like too artificially and and i have this like instinct although i haven't spent enough time like playing around with this that that that'll smooth out the the lows as well and make the because i think part of the low is like the the feeling of crash from like a high and the feeling of like 
grasping and like the feeling of loss like oh i thought i thought i had like reached some new level and figured something out but now i'm in sort of a sadder downer less energetic place again like, yeah why should that shouldn't be happening i thought i like made progress past this or something totally yeah that that was something i i had a huge problem with before i i feel like i was like a, a high chaser <laughs> like and especially this was around the time like when we first went to burning man but um the yeah. the high the amazing high of of our first burning man which we'll probably talk about in a future episode but it was like a it was a life changing you know stereotypically oh, yeah, life changing sure. experience and um and it it brought such a high that like I remember just just like I was chasing that so much and and the hype men in my head were like were really going off with it and and it was like you were saying like every time this wasn't just burning man it was like every time there was something in my life like if I got a new girlfriend if I got my freelance career started it, it was like it was like, oh, this is it. Like, I, I figured it out. Like, I'm going to be good forever. Like, the lows aren't going to come. Yeah. And the more I believed that, the more it hurt when I crashed. And it did feel like a crash, yeah, exactly. right? It felt like I inflated myself all the way up to this peak. And then, boom. And when that low came, it was like, I feel like there's the pain of the low. And then there's, like, the the pain of, like, of suffering from that low, Right. Like there's just the pain yeah. and then there's a pain of like, oh, I wasn't supposed to feel this. Why is this happening? Does this mean I'm a bad person? Does this mean I fucked up? Like, and I think that can actually oftentimes be way more, um, cause way more suffering than the actual pain itself, you know? Yeah. Um, and for me personally, like, yeah, I, I have your, your theory about smoothing out the peaks and valleys of the lows and highs, like, um, I think is true. Like I, I've definitely found that in my own life. Like I, the hype men, I try to stop feeding them. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I mean, even recently, like, uh, you know, I met uh, this girl uh, on my, my dating adventures um, and we had like a really awesome connection. And um, in the past, I've done this before, like in my head, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be really awesome. Like I'm going into the future. I'm like, could she be my soulmate? Like visioning all these things. Yeah, yeah. And like really living in this like future based place. Um and this time I found myself like actively resisting it. Like it sounds, you know, like a cliche, but you know, being pre in the present, right? Like not getting caught up in, in these future ideas and, and not, not bo building it up to something bigger, right? Like I'm feeling this amazing connection with this woman and, and just letting that be this awesome feeling instead of in my head being like, Oh, this means I figured it out. Oh, this means I'm going to live happily yeah. ever after. Like all of that stuff is unnecessary it doesn't actually bring you more happiness and the happiness it does bring you is like a cheap it's like a yeah, cheap it's high the, yeah, it's like some yeah. some drug kick that oh man the hangover is gonna be painful when you yeah. come down from that yeah for sure i you know like a, another thing I'd, I'd love to dive into for a minute so because i think ali touched on this like yeah so you and i and people listening like we all like intellectually know and like nod our heads yes like we know this is true we know that lows are good for us but like ali touched on this like even when you know that it's really hard uh, like when you're actually in it always hard to to remember that so yeah. like i'm curious if you have any like actual specific tactics or strategies or anything concrete that you actually do now when you're in like a low period whether it's just like a day or like a month's long like low down period to try to you know, not like just artificially end the low and not try to make it a high because it's not like it's going to be a, a difficult period. But right. try to like infuse yourself with a memory that like this is a temporary thing and this is this is going to turn into this is turning into an opportunity for growth in real time. Right, right. Yeah. So I, you know, honestly, part of it is 
I've done this so many times that I just know, like the, the way that you know, if you drop a ball, it's going to hit the ground. Like I just know, oh, this low is going to, it's going to open up something for me. Um, it still sucks. <laughs> it's still not fun, but things that I found that have like really helped smooth that out, um, is, you know, kind of like what we've been talking about, but like just the realization that like lows are a part of life and, and they're, it's fine. It, it's, it's okay if it's happening. There's nothing wrong with you. You didn't fuck up. You are not to blame. Like life is, you know, like is an ocean and there's, there's going to be waves that go up and down and like, and up and down again. And, and it's, it's going to be like that. And to like, not blame yourself. I think the first thing we do every time we hit a low is like, we, we, we feel like it's our fault and we like scramble with that. And like, that's just bullshit. Like we need to like, let go of that. Um, but I think the other thing is like, what's been hugely helpful for me is, um, is therapy, like actually being able mm-hmm. to like see someone on, you know, weekly or regular basis, whether, you know, it's like a coach or, or counselor or a spiritual mentor. Um, but someone that you can actually like really talk to, like honestly and openly about this, like maybe in ways that you can't always like with, with your friends or a loved one. Um, and like have someone who can, like who's who who's been on this journey and like who who like is maybe like a little further ahead than you um you know or just has different perspectives and like and be able to like and can hold the space for you to like to explore some of this stuff with um i found that that's like taken just like not having to go through it by yourself has like taken like a huge weight like off of it you know um and when lows happen it, it kind of feels like oh like this is going to be an interesting discussion on Thursday when I go in. And, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, right. What am I going to get out of it? What am I going to learn about it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like a guaranteed built-in support structure for yeah, yeah for like learning from that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. But I mean, but it's like you're you're you and Ali are saying like lows are gonna lows are gonna be lows. Like they're gonna suck, and um and they're designed to because that suck is like what what forces you to like. It's take on different yeah. ideas, like different perspectives, like change behavior, right? Like start looking into, into different things, maybe force you to actually go into, um, like working with a therapist or starting a new business or, or what, you know, or getting out of a relationship that you shouldn't be in. Um, and yeah, so I think it's just like, just knowing that, that the suck is not happening for no reason, right? It's like not punishing yeah. you. It's not just happening because, you know, life sucks. It's like, okay, there's, there's something here that if I can pay attention to and, and kind of change things, like it's going to, the low is going to eventually turn back into a high. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, yeah. It feels like, <laughs> and like for me, honestly, it's like very directly relevant to me. Like right now, like I, yeah, I feel like the last few months for me have just been a more like difficult period for a bunch of reasons. Like, professional personal etc and like so i like for the last few years i've been like oh like it'd be cool to like to have like a really solid therapist in my life to like mm-hmm. not for any like one particular reason but just for like overall personal growth like to sort yeah. of work through just you know like like we talk about all the time the random highs and lows and like challenges and sort of things that come up and um but yeah it's just like as you know and as we've talked about before it's such like a pain in the ass to try to find a therapist like it's, it's really just hard really, like just like dating it's really hard <laughs> it, it's like the perfect and you can just like if you're not if you don't have like a pressing reason it's just like so easy to yeah. avoid you, you know you can just like avoid it forever just because it's totally to work and might be awkward and whatever so um yeah i've just been like for years just like basically procrastinating on it and like <laughs> this summer over like the last few months like has really 
pushed me to be like, okay, like I need to like my low of this summer has really pushed me to finally actually get up and do it. So yeah, actually like on Tuesday, I'm finally like for the first time, like going to see this guy. Oh, that's Um, awesome. So we'll see if it's a good match or not. Like, I don't know, but, but it's actually like happening now. And it was like spurred by like finally feeling like, yeah, just that I was like down enough and like frustrated enough this summer that like, okay, like now I finally have the little kick in the butt to try. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Thanks low. Thank you for that. Thanks, Lo. Yeah, <laughs> really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, just one one more quick thing I, I think I want to say on this is um, I found for me personally, like, um, yeah, my life used to feel like like riding these big highs and then crashing to these big lows. And there was like just huge peaks and valleys. Um, and these days I feel like it's more, I, I feel like I've, I've began, I've stopped paying attention so much to the highs and lows. Mm. So like in the past, I usually thought they meant something like, like big, like, Oh, high must mean I'm, I'm doing life right. Low means whatever. And these days they literally just feel like just different textures of my weeks and days. Um, and I find that if, if I actually like pay attention, like throughout any given day, like you're it, the waves are constantly like, you know, smaller waves, bigger waves, like going up and down. And like when I'm not, I don't know, just like making such a big deal out of them they're a lot more free to move. And just like throughout the whole mm. day, they're just kind of waving and doing their thing. And, um, and, and I found like, I just don't hold on to any of it, the good or the bad as much as I used to. And, and I feel like it's, it's like a lot more freely allowed to move. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so, so yeah, that's, that's been kind of nice. It, it doesn't mean I'm like free from lows, but it, it does feel like I don't, they're not like, I don't know. They don't mean what they used to. And I don't actually really pay attention to them like the way I used to. Um, yeah. And the same with the highs, like when I'm feeling good, it feels good, but like, I don't like hold on to it or try to like construct some, some bigger meaning out of it. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's sort of like not feeding the hype man and also <laughs> not feeding like the, I don't know, like the analyst or like the sports broadcast, whoever like in your mind, <laughs> like, call, like, Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Trying to like layer on like analysis to what's happening. Yeah. You know? And then to use that cliche again. And, and when you take that away, like you're just being present. Like whatever's coming up, whether it's boredom or, or happiness or, or feeling sad, like it is just what it is. And then, and always like that emotion is going to, is going to change into something else. Yeah. You know, like I remember someone asked uh, a teacher, I was at a sitting once and they were like, what do you do when, when, when you're feeling shitty? And he's like, well, what do you do when you're feeling happy? (laughs) And they're like, well, uh, nothing, I guess. Like eventually it'll go away. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's the same. (laughs) <laughs> yeah anyways i yeah, think that's, that's a, a good... great that's like a life a lifelong journey <laughs> yeah keep keep yeah. The, uh, diving on all this yeah but the key definitely is to embrace it instead of like run away from it or yeah or try to reject it um yeah so yeah well, awesome well i'm really that... glad we talked about this it's like <laughs> been a frequent like topic for us i'm very very happy to oh, yeah. it to like the guys of oh yeah show. And it'll come up many more times. Yeah. Such a, such an important piece of life. But, uh, for now we have a high coming up, which is our quick picks. (laughs) Always, always a high. Yeah. That was a horrible transition. Anyways, (laughs) that brings us to the end of our deep dive and on to our rapid fire quick picks. Uh, if you have any quick picks of your own, send them to us at guyswithfeelingsshow at gmail.com and we'll share them here. So Gabe, what is your first quick pick? Uh, so my number one quick pick, this was my biggest life upgrade from the last month. I bought an alarm clock. Ooh. 
and it has been awesome. Like uh, like an like, analog, like an old like school an, alarm clock, like an old school. I mean, it's electronic. It's not like a you know like an actual <laughs> clock face or whatever. But it's like an old school. Not a like, cuckoo clock. Like, what is that? Like yeah. an eighties? Yeah, not a cuckoo clock. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is like just an ugly red alarm clock that was like twenty dollars on Amazon. It's been great, and the whole reason for buying it, and like shout out to friend Christina for recommending this, was just to get mm-hmm. my phone out of the bedroom, like. So for like the last decade, just like basically everyone I know, like my phone has been my alarm clock. And the problem with that is like, even when I try to like resolve not to do this, like if the first thing I wake up and do is just grab my phone and turn off my alarm, like, and I'm also usually like a little groggy or sleepy, I'm trying to wake up just the first five to 10 minutes of my day will just always be spent on my phone. And it's just like not a nice way to spend the first few minutes of your day. It's like you're either diving into text or email or reading the news or just something that's just, I don't know. It's just like it gets your day started on a certain like note. And like that's just not the note that I like starting my days on. But it's what I've been doing every day. Yeah. Kind of a distracted note, right? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden your mind is instantly like going into, yeah, into busy task mode from like second one of being awake. (laughs) So, uh, so anyways, yeah, like, so I, so I bought this alarm clock and I just like chart, like my phone doesn't come into the bedroom like ever anymore. There's no reason for it to be there. It just charges in the kitchen overnight. It's a great, like I, most mornings, even like work mornings, like I don't wind up even looking at my phone until like probably half an hour, an hour after I've been awake. And I'm not like, I'm not, not even actively trying to avoid it. Yeah. I just don't wind up thinking about it. Like, it's just not, it's just not present in my mind. And at some point it'll be like. 8.30 and I'll be like, oh, I should like check my phone and see if like anything important is happening. But there's never anything like important that I needed to get to before 8.30. So. Yeah. And yeah, it's been great. And how do your mornings feel now? Yeah, just better, like smoother, easy, just like less that like frantic sort of like task oriented, oh, got to get up, got to do stuff like energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just a lot less of that, which is great. And it's not like I... Like, I still get up, like, go through my morning routine, like, start working. I'm not, like, less productive. I'm, if anything, I think I'm a little more productive because I'm approaching things a little more, like, I'm approaching my morning in a little more of a calm, strategic way and uh-huh. less of a frantic, like, frenetic way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually do, like, kind of, like, a halfway step with that. Like, I still have my, my phone um, near my, my bed, but I put every night when I go to bed, I put it into airplane mode and I put the mm-hmm. do not disturb thing on. Um and it's just, it's kind of the same thing. Like when I start my morning, like I can still use my phone to like check the time or use it as an alarm clock, but there are no updates coming in. Um, and I kind of like not turning it on until after breakfast, after I sit down, after I've even answered a few emails, then I turn it on like, and you know, get a bunch of texts and things like that. But it's nice, like for my first hour of the day to just to be phone free. Like, yeah, you just leave airplane mode on yeah. for the first hour. Yeah. That's like your rule. And yeah. I, I really dig it. So, yeah. Awesome. That's great. Old school alarm clock. That's that's a great, great or tip. or airplane mode. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Um, cool, man. Well, what's uh, what's your quick pick number one? Cool. So it's this new app that um, I've been using and I've re- been really loving. It's called Five Calls, number five, and it's really awesome. Like right now, as most of you all know, uh, we're in a very turbulent political <laughs> climate, and um, a lot of us are kind of feeling frustrated. Like. I want to help. I want to be able to make some difference, but you know, retweeting things and signing petitions on Facebook, like it's not very effective and doesn't, doesn't feel like we're doing much. Um, but one thing that is really, really helpful actually is calling your government, you know, calling your local representative or Senator, like on the phone. Um, and, uh, you know, Gabe, you can probably speak more about this, but like that is actually like 
way more uh, effective than like signing petitions and stuff online, right? Oh, yeah. No, without a doubt. I mean, most petitions you sign online, no disrespect to all the organizations doing this work, are just like fundraising, like online fundraising tactics for the organization sending them out. Like, and like your random congressional office doesn't care, I think, at all if they get a gazillion email petitions from right. move on or ACL. Like they don't care about that stuff. Right. But when you call, you're actually tying up, you know, real manpower, you're filling up real voicemail space. Um, and if there's like an issue that is, yeah, is, is actually like taking up their resources, like they will hear about it and, and it will affect like how they go in and make votes. Um, so this app, um, it'll, it's, it just makes that whole process super easy. Like you open up the app and there's a bunch of issues, you know, you can pick any of them, like prevent military action against North Korea, um, support the college for all act, like, um, different things will come up and whatever you feel passionate about, you click it, it'll give you, it'll give you the button to press to just call, um, you know, your Senator representative directly. It'll have a script for you to read if you want to use that. And then it even has an option to like mark, you know, like, uh, left a voicemail or they were unavailable so they can kind of use that information, um, to track things. And, um, yeah, and you can also set a little reminder. So like every day, maybe, you know, like I set mine around like lunchtime, like 12 or one, um, you'll get a reminder to like make one of your calls. And if you do it every day, you get five calls in. So have, have you been doing it like daily or weekly? What's your, what's your, yeah, no, I wish I was doing it daily for me. It's been more like maybe two to three times a week. Um, which is still two to three times more than I was doing (laughs) before. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what's your, what's your, I feel like. So I feel like for me, like a lot of times I'll like think about calling, but it feels like awkward or like, I think you sort of like, Oh, you don't want to like hit the button. You know, you're going to talk to some random stranger. Are they going to be weird or rude or awkward? Like, so what's your experience been like? Like, were you sort of like scared or like feel awkward about it when you first started? Yeah. And has that changed? Totally. And no, like, I mean, I've gotten more used to it, but yeah, it still just feels kind of awkward. Like I love, like, Sometimes I, I hope like, oh, I hope it goes to voicemail, but usually like someone will pick up, you know, from the office and then I'm like awkwardly reading the script and I'm like, God, I, I bet they can tell I'm reading from script. And, but it doesn't really matter. Like at the end of it, they're always like, oh, well, well thank you for calling and, and we'll, we'll let the Senator know. And I'm like, huh, I did my civic duty. <laughs> Feels good. The awkwardness almost makes it feel like I like actually did something, you know? Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. It work. But yeah, you get push push through that suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool well dude i've like i actually like hadn't heard about this app yet um and i like i haven't been calling nearly as much as i should about sort of all the many different issues yeah. happening nowadays part of it's like california just sort of feel lazy right like oh yeah your folks have got it covered but totally i think it's still important for a bunch of reasons totally so, yeah um, what, what's the name of the app again it's five calls with a let with the number five and uh, you can get it on any smartphone device okay cool well i i uh I'm I'm gonna ask you to hold me accountable to like <laughs> making at least one set of calls through this app next week. Awesome! So we'll, like you can hold my hand through that. We'll do it, and we'll report back to the audience how that went. Yeah, on all the awkwardness. <laughs> awesome, cool. Well, what is uh, your number two quick pick? So for number two, I'm gonna cheat and jam in two pop culture things Ooh. to one quick pick. So um, one is uh, a new podcast. Well, it's not a new podcast, but a podcast that's new to me uh, called Long Form. Credit again to this is the same friend Christina that also told me about the alarm Christina's clock. Christina's on just fire. Killing it this week. Uh, um, 
she told me about this podcast long form and I finally started listening to it. It's great. It's just like interviews with long form journalists. Um, so like I've just listened to a few so far and they're just all like really great. Uh, I listened to one with like the guy who did, they've been doing it for a few years mm-hmm. and I think they do it weekly. So they have like hundreds on there. You can go back and sort of search through. They have, I listened to the one um, with the guy who did S town, which was really cool, oh, cool. Um, and interesting. Just talking about like what it was like making the show. Um, I listened to, they, they've done four different ones with Tana Hezzy Coates, who's like one of my favorite writers. Mm-hmm. So um, that was really fun to to listen to. And he's like an amazing analyst, like of his own writing process and what it means to be a writer and all that. So anyways, um, I'm really enjoying it. It's like a great podcast. I think like a lot of people would like it. So I went to squeeze that in there. And then I also recently finished book two of this really amazing graphic novel called Saga. Mm, um, I love it's Saga. the first graphic novel I've ever read. It's by this guy, Brian K. Vaughn. Um, I think it was like you or Krista, like someone mm-hmm. gave me the first book like a while ago. Um, and I checked it out, even though I'd never read a graphic novel before. And it's just amazing. It's such a beautiful story. Like the story is beautiful. Like the dialogue is amazing. Mm. And the illustration is just like, really really amazing and stunning and it all like fits together really really well so um yeah i think if anyone's like people who are into graphic novels definitely know about i'm sure i've already read saga but if folks out there are like what's a graphic novel or uh-huh. you know sort of somewhat curious about checking it out i think it's a great intro starter one awesome yeah i i love saga and um it's just like yeah it's so vibrant and emotional like it's it's a pretty yeah it's like it really dives it's into very emotional yeah. into war and like the pain and the horrors of it and um and also of new life as well like parenthood it's really beautiful yeah yeah war war and parenthood jammed together yeah like which really are actually like amazing narrative yeah which actually work really well together as you'll you find when you you dive into it but yeah do do you have any other like starter graphic novels for people that sort of might be interested in like what what are the, like the one or two that you think are like oh man great ones to start off with? i mean we really need to bring on our pop culture expert alan yeah uh, for this so true. um but uh yeah I, I haven't really dove, in, dove into it much more than you have but i do know like one of like the the preeminent like famous ones is uh watchmen um mm, i think it might yeah. be the watchmen um and it's it's like a superhero graphic novel but but not <laughs> comic booky kid stuff it actually has like a lot of really interesting deep um things to say and uh and i loved it it was really great um so if you ever feel like checking it out like they have it as like a whole book and uh yeah watchmen is is uh, is a classic yeah yeah i'd like to i finish each saga book in like a day or two <laughs> yeah. and i'm just like i just like power through it and then like i'm like stuck with nothing else to read so yeah also i think, I think i'll check out Watchmen. yeah next. i also heard great things about mouse m-a-u-s um mm-hmm. i don't know enough about it to to speak about it um but I, I i think it's it's a parallel for kind of what was happening in world war ii um with the jewish experience um but using mice as like kind of a as a surrogate for that so wow. it's supposed to be powerful sounds, sounds intense yeah yeah so okay two two rec- i did it two recommendations <laughs> yeah now we jammed like four recommendations that quick awesome uh, awesome what's uh what's up next for you cool okay so um this one um i want to talk talk to the fellas in the room um but uh yeah i, I highly recommend getting a body hair trimmer and mm. uh, the specific one i got was off amazon it, I think it's the Philips Norelco uh, body groom. Um, but, you know, it's 2017 and manscaping is its just something that I think the average guy with feelings <laughs> should be uh, attending to. feelings. Yeah. But like, you know, it's, it's great for, you know, if you, you got chest hair, back hair, 
um, your, for your under your arms, um, for other regions as well. Um, it is just, um, it's just so much faster than using scissors. Um, it's a lot safer <laughs> feeling. <laughs> I am not, I don't feel like I'm constantly in danger of like snipping part of myself off. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it feels great to feel like nicely groomed, um, you know, and to take care of yourself the same way you take care of your beard or the hair on the top of your head. Um, so yeah. So I think, uh, 2017 manscaping is, it's not weird. There's nothing wrong with you or you're not a weird dude if you do it. And, um, and I think people will appreciate it. And most importantly, yourself. So <laughs> that is my pitch. <laughs> that's, that's a good pitch. That is a good pitch. You're pretty, very bravely putting that, that's, putting a stake in the ground on that. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. All right. Well, what is, uh, your number three quick pick? Uh, so number three for me is actually something you turned me on to oh. like a year ago. Uh, and it's just great. It's this newsletter called Recommendo. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's really cool. It's, uh, it's Kevin Kelly. Um, the guy who, uh, founded Wired. Who is, who's the founder of Wired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like two or three other people. And they just like every week they send out like this little newsletter with like five or six things that they recommend. It's sort of like our quick pick section. Like it's just like yeah. there's no one category. They have like little tech stuff, little online hacks, little like life hacks, stuff like like that um that extension I talked about last time called Hunter, where you can find people's like email addresses yeah. online. Like that was on there. I just the Darjeeling tea that I drink like every day now, like that was like on there. Like they just like in every one they send out, they send it out weekly and they're sort of all over the place. And from basically every newsletter, there's at least one thing that I wind up either like downloading or buying or like saving to buy later. There's always like one thing in there yeah. that I'm like, oh, that would actually be useful in my life. And it's either like free or super cheap um so yeah I, i've really gotten a lot out of it i i think you have as well yeah um, yeah I, something i love that newsletter out. i feel like every week i get like one one thing off of there um yeah i'm trying to remember what what my recent one was the hunter thing i also got from there um there there was a tip for stinging nettle it's kind of like a natural herbal supplement uh, as like a natural like antihistamine like for allergies mm-hmm. and things like that and like that's actually been uh, really helpful for me um, so yeah there's just like every week there's something good in there highly recommend yeah. sign up for it so yeah Rec- I'm sure you just google recommendo I yeah. think you'll find it you'll recommendo find it. newsletter if you're interested we'll put it in show notes um, yeah yep. okay cool man well what's uh, what's last for you all right well my last quick pick is also a pop culture recommendation um, and it's you know, this is something that I actually have been feeling like I've been wanting to see uh, like my entire life. Um, so it's season two of Master of None. It's Aziz Ansari's show. And um, it's fantastic. Season one is great also, but I feel like season two just takes it to new creative, like amazingly and like emotionally vulnerable like heights. Um, but the thing that I really love about it and why I'm mentioning it is um, – is the diversity in that show and specifically like having an Asian male lead um, where the show is not like specifically about race. It's not about the immigrant experience um, per se, uh, although it does touch on it. Um, But it's about like a normal dude, like doing normal things, hanging out with a diverse group of friends, trying to date and find love and, you know, have find a satisfying job and all the things that like my life actually looks like as an Asian male myself. And like, my entire life, like I remember as a kid growing up, like 
there was never anything like that on TV where I could see someone who looked like me having this kind of experience. You know, and I grew up thinking like, oh, being Asian must is not cool. Like, I wish I was white, you know. Um, actually, like, you know, Jamin is my, my Korean name. But for most of, like, my adolescence, like, I went by my Christian name, uh, Christopher, um, because I was, like, ashamed of that Korean part. You know, like, I wanted to be as American, mm -hmm. as white as possible. And, um, yeah, Master of None, like, I feel like I'm like, whoa, this is a, this is a point where, like, this show is mainstream Everyone is watching it, not just Asian people. Um, and everyone is loving it. And he's just like, yeah, he's like charming. He's fun. And like, I feel like there's, there's little Asian kids growing up watching this who are like, just feeling like represented and feeling seen, you know, and feeling normalized. Like other people who are mm. white people who are watching this are like, oh, oh shit. Indian guys can be really funny. <laughs> like they're gonna be charming. <laughs> like I, I think that's, that's just so amazing. And I love that. I think greater than just this show, like I feel like we're at this like watershed moment in culture for like um, Asian people and maybe Asian men in general um, or maybe Indian, like South Asian men in general. Um, but like there's a lot like happening with this. Um, the The Big Sick uh, is, a, is a movie that's out right now um, fe featuring Kumail Nanjiani from the Silicon Valley. And it's fantastic for the exact same reasons, right? Like it's, it's, uh, really charming and funny. It shows like him dealing with his background as like a Pakistani Muslim. Um, and like actually like showing that in a light where like you actually like, you know, he, you get to hang out with his family a lot and, um, and you actually fall in love with them and they're like really funny and great people. And, and I think like it, things like this can be powerful on a level of like having other people sympathize or empathize with different cultures in a way that I think, you know, the biggest think pieces or like, um, you know, like, or having someone scold you about this stuff, like, or having Twitter arguments, exactly, <laughs> like things like that can never touch. But watching a, a TV show, like, you you can actually jump into someone's life. You know, um, another example of this is Hassan Minaj's um, comedy special on Netflix, Homecoming King, and that one is also just like I, I think a really powerful experience. He talks a lot about, yeah, just feeling, you know, like weird for like being you know South Asian in in a mostly white culture but does it in such a funny and charming way. Really um, relatable to people who don't come from that experience. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just awesome. Um, yeah. And, and also say like master of none, it's not just, you know, like for Asian people, like I almost feel like this show, like I feel like their, their underlying like goal was like to just highlight people on screen who just never get screen time. And like, mm -hmm. there's an amazing episode uh, called I love New York on this season where, it 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 follows like the main characters for about two seconds and then it branches off and focuses on, on people in New York that you never get to see their stories like the doormen you know at like a really nice like mm. um you know apartment building uh the cab drivers like um a, a deaf a deaf couple like and like going into their their lives and like and like and again like you're just seeing them as like normal people who like want the same things we do who laugh who are charming who are interesting or like it's just so great. Um, and the last thing I'll say about it is I think my favorite episode of this season and maybe of any TV show this year uh, was an episode called Thanksgiving. And it was a coming out story of an African-American queer woman, um, which that in and of itself, like you just usually don't see that on TV. Um, but the coolest thing about it was it was a coming out story that played out. It plays out like over her entire like life, like when she's a kid and then every Thanksgiving, like you see, like with her, with her family and like as she's like growing up. 
and uh, you see her coming to terms with her sexuality and then coming out. Um, and it was just really powerful. Like I was reading a, a recap um, by a queer writer, Akela Upadaya. And she, she said that this may have been like one of the most powerful coming out stories that she's ever seen because she says most um, TV or movies, they treat coming out as like this straightforward linear is just like this one time event. You know, you come out, you have a big dramatic moment. Uh, but she said in real life, coming out isn't a straightforward linear process. It's something you do all the time for the rest of your life. And it happens in different stages, you know, and like to see this episode where you see it play out every every year over Thanksgiving with a family like it was really like something special and something different. And um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So I just have nothing but the highest praise for Master of None and for all these awesome um, yeah, shows that are coming out from all these diverse voices. So, uh, I, yeah. I feel like no, that's an amazing sort of recommend, like series of recommendations with like an amazing yeah. overarching theme. I squeeze a bunch. I feel in like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's our podcast. We can do it <laughs> uh, like, I feel like one thing that's like, so a, a consistent feature of all those, obviously, like, I feel like you're getting to see people that became big as like actors on other people's shows. Mm-hmm like getting the the space, like the funding and the the production to like actually tell their own stories, yeah. right? Like in all three of those examples, yes. like they're producing their own and writing and directing their own content. And I feel like that's, I wonder, like, I feel like that's what creates the switch, right? Where people are going from like playing this typecast role, like, like the Silicon Valley guy, yeah. sorry, I forget his name. That did Kumail, the sick. Nanjani, yeah. Kumail, like, like in Silicon Valley, like he's a fun character, but it, most of the time he's like a punchline yeah. you often around his race, you yeah. know? And like a lot of times like folks wind up like stuck in roles like that. And then like they're getting big enough though to tell their own stories. And I wonder if like switch to like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon with so many producers out there like hungry for content. I feel like maybe it's it's creating a situation where there's more opportunities for more sort of this like mid-level like you know sort of up and coming talent mm-hmm. to like get a chance to, like make their own show and tell stories like this yeah i think that's that's a really good point i bet i bet it's it's definitely related right like it feels like easier now than ever for for a show to get off the ground and and for to find its audience right there's like so many the, everyone is on netflix there's like just so many different streaming platforms um, and I feel like we're starting to like, we're like in this golden age of like getting so many awesome, different, diverse voices on screen and, and it's so different from the cable age, right? Like I think when you're on HP, like when you're on a specific cable network, you have to appeal to the, the widest common denominator, but now like yeah. we can actually go for niche audiences. We can tell all different kinds of stories. And I think this is just going to be something we're going to see proliferate more and more over the next few years. And the, you know, the the six-year-old Asian kid inside of me like could not be more excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's time. It's, awesome. it's so fucking cool. <laughs> um, do you, uh, so question t- like small question, about master men season two, do you think it's important and or necessary to finish season one to watch season two? Or could someone listening to this just sort of dive in on season two? Yeah. So it's interesting, yeah. but like a lot of season two isn't linear storytelling. Like they're almost like uh, each episode is kind of self-contained. So you, you could go into it. Um, I'm kind of a purist and like, I, I would recommend people watch it from season one, but the two episodes I did mention, um, the New York episode, I love New York and Thanksgiving are both completely contained, um, standalone episodes. So you could just watch that on its own. Um, but I think you'll get a little more out of it if you, you know, yeah, spend a little more time with the characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I started season one, but like, you know, me and TV, I'm just very, very bad at watching it. So I never finished it, but I enjoyed it while I was watching it. Yeah. So this is a good, a good cast. I got to get through the rest of season one so I can do season two. Cause I like, I can't remember the last time you recommended something this highly. So. Yeah. I think you're going to really dig it. Also, you should see the yeah. big sick, like while it's in theaters, like that's a great yeah. date movie. It's like a rom-com that definitely goes off the traditional rom-com track. And yeah, I think you're really going to dig it. It's really funny. <laughs> So. A lot of a lot of content up there. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Totally, awesome. Well, um, that brings us to the end of our quick picks and to the end of the show. Uh, but before we leave, let's tell the audience where they can keep up with us online. Uh, Gabe, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, as usual, on Twitter at Gabe Rose, uh, or I've been doing a little more blogging here and there. On my website, GabeRose.com. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jamin underscore ye, and you can um, check out my blog at jaminye.com. Um, I've been writing a lot more lately, which has felt really great. Um, and I just did a, a blog post on um, the relationship theory that melted my cold heart. Um, and that got like a really huge response. Um, and if you are interested at all in learning about attachment theory, um, I highly recommend it. I, I think it could give you some interesting perspective on your relationships and yourself. Um, but enough with tooting my own horn. Uh, back to the podcast. You can find all episodes of Guys With Feelings at guyswithfeelings.co. Uh, we actually have a new website out, so you should go and check that out. Um, shoot us an email at guyswithfeelingsshow at gmail.com. Music for the podcast by Broke for free. And if you're feeling generous um, or just want to leave us a, you know, a little like gift, um, write a review for us in the iTunes store. Um, you can be honest. If you hate the show, say it. If you love it. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. We'd love to hear it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Until next month, we hope everyone out there is able to embrace the lows, celebrate the highs, and appreciate the messy journey in between. We'll see you guys next month.